This is the Open Forum Podcast. Welcome to episode three of the Open Forum Podcast. My name is Mike Miller, joined by my co-host, Mike Martinez, to bring you the news, helpful insight, and more from the world of physical education. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Mike, how's things going on your end? Uh, Pretty well. Getting into the year, getting things going, getting students routined. It's It's been a slug fest, but, you know, September usually is. Yeah, so. it's always a, a fun, interesting part of the year, getting back into the swing of things, getting kids up to speed. Uh, it's one of my favorite parts of the year. I feel like it sets the tone for the rest of your school year. Yeah, and the the best part about it is it's so fluid, mm-hmm. and you can pretty much try anything on a daily basis and see and pretty much see what works. So absolutely. Speaking of trying to get into routines and procedures and getting things normalized for the school year, we want to talk this episode a little bit about the disasters that took place down in Texas and the Caribbean and, and Florida and. Before we even get started, I want to kind of acknowledge that what we're talking about today in no way, shape, or form encompasses everything that people have experienced. Uh, people have lost, they've lost power, they've lost possessions, they've lost, in, some cases, in some cases, everything, yeah. exactly. So I, I don't want to mitigate those losses at all, mm-hmm. but I do think uh, we should focus on the very, very little piece of, of of the pie that we can kind of impact hopefully maybe which is part of the rebuilding process i mean right. once the storms have passed and people are trying to quote unquote get back to normal and trying to rebuild eventually kids have to go back to schools teachers have to go back to school and try to make sense of it all and, and put high quality education back at the forefront despite the fact they might be out of their building you know without equipment so Again, I, I feel better acknowledging that this is in no way, shape, or form the the the, the crux of what's <laughs> taken place. Yeah. But something that I feel like in our avenue that we can kind of speak to and, and talk about. Yeah, the, the big thing, the big catalyst with rebuilding after an event like this, um, having been through it myself, is the community that you have around you. And um, U.S. Games and Open are really starting to spur this large education-based community to help folks in both areas to really to really get back to normalcy right when whatever that's going to look like for them going forward uh, in you know in the next few months and, and luckily open has someone who has been on the front line so to speak in the Houston area and whoever came up with the expression that everything is bigger in Texas clearly has never <laughs> met Pam Powers before. Uh, we do have the pint sized powerhouse known as Pam Powers with us today. Pam, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what brings you to the show today. Well, good morning. This is really a great way to start my morning on a Sunday uh, here in um, sunny and warm Texas. Uh, so thank you for such a sweet introduction. <laughs> I, I got acquainted with Open this past summer. I was fortunate to become an Open national trainer. Uh, and I work as my own consultant. Uh, I have a business called Physical Powers. So I consult with a number of different organizations, uh, such as Yoga Foster, um, Organ Wise Guys, and uh, just to name a couple that really help classrooms to bring more physical activity to their classes, as well as uh, functional fitness gram, presidential youth fitness programs, physical activity leader trainer. So those are just a few of the things that I, I do and um, dabble in many different things. But 
anyway, I was really excited this opportunity, uh, being unfortunate that I am right here in Houston on the ground. <laughs> I feel like there's, and that was just a, a snippet of the laundry list of things yeah. that Pam is involved in. Um, seeing how you are in the Houston area on, for lack of a better term, ground zero, what are some of the things that you've experienced with, with regards to schools that you've seen going on in your area? How, how long are people out of schools? What condition are schools in down there? Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So uh, I do also want to touch on uh, it uh, after this about nationally with um, because we had two hurricanes back to back, as yeah. we all know, which is really mm -hmm. tragic. Uh, here in Houston, uh, as of today, 200 of the schools in the Houston area uh, were damaged by flooding, some of them beyond repair. And so students are not even going back to that school this entire school year. Um, there are about 100 schools currently, and this was just information from the last couple days, uh, they can't even access those schools yet to check because they're still flooding that is uh, happening. The enormity of this and the hundreds of thousands of students who are being displaced is, is huge. There are schools that are trying to figure out, you know, and, and as of just this past week, a number of those kids went back to school here. And so, but the weekend before, they still didn't know how they were going back to school. What was it going to look like? So there were surveys sent out to parents to have them decide, do you want your kids to have an abbreviated day and go every day? Or do you want to have your students share this school and they go every other day? Well, as a parent, I also realize, you know, who's going to take care of my child on those other days because they can't sure. go to school. So all these little ripple effects how are we going to get those kids to these schools? Because the gridlock here is incredible also. So it's transportation issues. It's finding a place for the kids to go to school, period. And then thinking about also teachers that experienced the flood themselves and sure. having seen firsthand that effect of all the things you have to do and the step-by-step -step process is enormous, right? I was fortunate we did not flood, but we were locked by flood all around us so we couldn't get out and access mm -hmm. things. You know, one of the greatest things I've seen coming out of this, and we'll talk more about this, is community. And uh, you all mentioned some of this uh, when we were talking before, but um, they've, for the rest of this school year, every child in Houston uh, school systems will receive free food. And so Excellent. they want to make sure that that, yeah, that basic need is met. Um, talking nationally about what's happened in Florida, those kids are getting ready to go back to school very soon. So, right. um, you know, there's, there's a number of, there's six districts totally nationally that were affected, um, which serve 1.65 million students. God. So that, that's 3% of all the students that are across the U.S., that are going to be affected by this. That's insane. Yeah. I'm thinking from a teacher's perspective, how challenging that must be. I'm sure you spent the first couple of weeks getting your students into rules and routines, and now you're possibly welcoming in students from a different school. You've never met them before. Mm -hmm. They don't know you. You don't know their names. They're also dealing with a whole litany of emotional issues, dealing from the fact that they can't go to their school. They're probably not in their own homes yeah. right now. I can't even imagine how challenging that is on all on 
on all fronts, really. Yeah, and the most dynamic thing about that is that you can have a couple students have a bad day because they didn't have breakfast that morning, mm -hmm. you know, on a, on a regular daily basis. And now you have kids that are coming in that probably haven't slept good in a week and have all of this outside stuff going on because of, you know, the, the situation they're in at home, you know, haven't had a warm shower in a day and a half or, right. you know, and just puts them off in a learning sense and you know, the, the stress and the energy that takes as a educator to, to get them past that, to get them, you know, back to normalcy. Right. And I, I know my, my parents live in Orlando, Florida, and I have lots of family in you know, the Florida area. Mm -hmm. I know from a PE perspective, a lot of their schools have to utilize outdoor space, you know, their, their schools fields, mm -hmm. which obviously if you're dealing with flooding, that's not an option yeah. for you anymore. So now you're possibly taking in, you know, if you had a class of 25 or 30, you're probably taking in kids from neighboring districts and being crammed into an even smaller right. space that you can't that you can't really utilize to its full capacity. Pam, what have you seen in terms of as these students are trying to get back to school? What are some of the biggest challenges that the schools that are open are facing in that area? Yeah. So, again, it's space, right? It's mm -hmm. space and and finding alternative ways to teach. There, uh, I reached out to the district coordinator for Houston ISD and asked her simply, how can I help? What could I do? And she said she was having her teachers fill out a needs assessment. So mm -hmm. it's everything from, and she hasn't gotten them all back. She's going to send them out as soon as she gets them. But it's things like trying to figure out what did you what did you lose in the flooding, right? How much equipment right. did you lose? What do you still have that's um, salvageable, right? Everything from, you know, your facility, right? How did your f facility uh, end up holding up, you know? And so a lot of that stuff is being documented and reported. Now, you know, we're talking 200 schools. <laughs> so <laughs> this is this is a lot. It's going to take it's going to take all year to really figure out what people don't have anymore. I think we all know what they need up front and, and very much um, in the forefront, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the biggest thing is really comes down to trying to figure out, you know, what, what are we doing that's going to be best for kids and keeping that at the forefront. You know, you all talked about the need for all these different pieces and parts, you know, Kids are still looking for affordable housing, right? Their families are. So they're missing uh, a number of these pieces as well. I'm thinking from a teacher's perspective, how important and how hard of a job it's going to be. I feel like the teacher is the person who sets the tone for the school, you know, the school culture, the overall vibe that the kids feel off of you. Again, these are teachers who are dealing with a lot of the same issues as well, who might have lost their homes or are trying to put the pieces back together in their lives how tough of a job that must be for a teacher to try to project positivity and hope and keep education at the forefront and keep kids thinking, I know that the, the world around you seems to be crumbling, but we have to give our 45 or 50 minutes to learning and keep it at a high level. It's going to be a, a tremendous challenge down there right now. I mean, I can speak to that a little bit personally. When Hurricane Sandy came through the New York area, uh, the year before when Irene came through, uh, I was personally affected by bolt storms, and I was teaching at the time. So uh, when Sandy came through, we were out of power and out of school for, I believe, seven days, seven school days total. And then when we came back, you still had 
students coming in that hadn't had power, that were living with friends who had power, and all of these things while I was still waiting for floodwaters to recede and, right. you know, vacuum water out of my home and, you know, figure out how to salvage the back end of the gym floor because all the water ran down the hill from the fields in the back and all of that stuff while still trying to keep the education ball rolling. I mean, you're, you're not teaching at 125% high level at that point because you're fighting so many other things, but you have to put that energy in there to keep the ball rolling. Well, for educators, I, I really feel it important that they take a moment to find out where everybody's coming from, all their students. So uh, I spoke to one educator who, at the beginning of the, the first day, she just let them talk. And they mm -hmm. discussed, you know, you know, what happened, where were you, uh, different events that happened, what was your experience, and really let them share about that. Uh, you know, so that they really gain an understanding and also that that ability to share with somebody, you know, uh, um, uh, and talk it through, you know, the emotional find commonality. Yeah. Find that commonality and that common ground together. And what I mean, we, we talk a lot about building relationships as being such an integral part of what we do. What better way to build relationships with your students than to be vulnerable in front of them and admit, hey, I'm going through this too. I'm struggling with this too. But use it as a teachable moment to show even though things are pretty, you know, pretty crummy right now, I still have to do my job. I understand you're going through it too. Let's do our job together. Give the kids a chance to speak and to be heard. Be that shoulder to cry on and, and show that, you know what, in tough times, I need a shoulder to cry on too. But we're all going through it together and we'll be stronger as a, as a family, as a community moving forward because of it. So speaking of family and community, Pam, you had mentioned the the act of figuring out what people need and what they're missing. And uh, Mike and I actually just went through this on a much, 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 much smaller scale. Yeah. But our, our school year actually started with a flood in our gym <laughs> over Labor Day weekend. Three inches of water oh, in the no. basement. Yeah. In, our, in our closet, the pipe burst. Um, it was actually before the, it was the weekend before the first day of school. It was Labor Day weekend. Yeah. And I got an email on Saturday saying that the power was out. I was like, oh, okay, you know, the power's out, blah, blah, blah. You know, these teachers can make copies at this neighboring school, this and that. And then a couple hours later, I got another email from my facilities person saying that, oh, um, there was a flood in the basement and we don't actually know what's happening down there and um yeah so we kind of got a mini a mini flood down there uh over the weekend before the first day of school so that was that was a little bit of a speed bump and actually got to experience firsthand what that process is like of going into your equipment room and figuring oh. out what things that are made of foam damage or, assessment yeah what what's ruined what's yeah. not Pam, you mentioned the a needs assessment form that teachers are filling out down there. Is that something that was provided by the district, or was that part of the Open PE Hearts initiative that is being unrolled currently? Yeah, it was actually separate. It was the district coordinators. Um, she did that on her own initiative. At the same time, I had reached out to her to find out, uh, and then I had reached out to Open and U.S. Games to find out you know, and let them know um, this is what's going on in Houston and where I'm trying to help and in, insert our capabilities of any kind to try and help mm -hmm. out. Awesome. I spoke recently to Aaron Hart, 
who is the the brains and the beauty behind <laughs> openphysed.org. And the the thing I love about Aaron and about Open and about US Games, it they truly are a people, a network of of people, of teachers who are just obsessed with helping other teachers. I feel like as busy as Aaron and his team are, they literally dropped everything and said, this is now our focus. We need to get these teachers up and running because they're students who are depending on them. So he spoke to me about the Open Hearts or Open PE Hearts initiative, and he kind of connected us with Pam and said Pam would be a perfect person to speak to. Could you talk a little bit more for our listeners, Pam, about what this new initiative is and, and how it's ho hopefully going to help teachers who, are, who have been affected? Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's so cool. You know, I love that a company like U.S. Games just jumped in and said, how can we help teachers out in this time of need? So, you know, the first big push with uh, Open PE Hearts is going to be a new module on Open, which uh, is free to all educators who just sign up and sign in to be able to get these pieces. But it's going to be a module that's designed around large classes with limited equipment in a challenging activity area. And, you know, the three of us realize as educators that, wow, that describes us on any given day for <laughs> many, many teachers across the U.S. But yep, in this time and space, some people are being thrown into that who maybe were never in that situation. Maybe they did have a facility, maybe they did have equipment, and now they're feeling a little at a loss. So what's going to happen is that there's going to be four different versions. Um, the first one is going to be for primary, which will be kinder through second grade, uh, intermediate, which will be for third through fifth grade, the middle school version, and then the high school version. And so, uh, that should be rolled out around um, October, and it's going to be enough material for two months. So all the activities will provide different modifications for various class sizes, as we said, different ways to use equipment in different ways, maybe something you don't have and something you can substitute, and then the challenge of what your environment might look like. Um, so once that module is finished, the next step is that U.S. Games and Open Plan to print copies um, for teachers because one of the one of the things that Aaron and I discussed through all this and kind of brainstorming is that there are thousands of teachers without power. That's yeah. part of the reason that there's been a delay uh, for a number of schools in Florida, and they don't even know when the power is going to be back on. They're at the mercy of the power company getting there to be able to turn on power. So uh, they're, they're struggling with that piece now. The other is that do teachers even have access or are they even thinking about turning on a computer right now? Or mm -hmm. do they even have a printer to be able to print something out and take it out with them into a class? So U.S. Games and Open want to try and make that as simplistic for teachers as possible. And so with that piece, they'll print it out. The next piece that I think is really cool is their plan to send national trainers who are close to some of these impacted areas out and help them deliver these pieces to teachers to schools that have been identified um, either by the state or district administrators as being in high needs of some help and support at this point in time. That's great. The last, yeah. And the other, the other great piece is um, that open is going to have a campaign across the U S at the different state and regional uh, conferences where uh, 
the representatives are going to sell T-shirts that are um, open PE hearts designs. Um, they'll cost $20. The proceeds will go to help support these different materials, um, including essential equipment packs that we're planning to put together. Um, they've reached out to all the national trainers for their input. I was having a really hard time stopping at five items. <laughs> and so I did. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I felt that I could do it in a really cost-effective way. So I did put my two cents in for a couple more things. Uh, but I think that these, all of this uh, is ways to help teachers just get through uh, a really difficult time and hopefully help them to have a successful school year so the kids can still thrive and continue to endure. Um, you know, there are so many ways we can do activities with kids that don't even require a piece of equipment. You know, mm -hmm. make their body the machine. Their body yeah. becomes the piece of equipment in so many different ways, right? Either we're using music or we're inspiring them to understand body weight, right? And how it plays mm -hmm. such a significant role in our health. Simple as that, going back to the basics, you know, basic fundamental locomotor movement, all these things that can be included in these types of lessons are, are going to be so valuable at this point. For sure. It sounds like I would think that a lot of fitness-based activities would be at the forefront, things that, again, you could use body weight for, and the an open already has the creative mode fitness module, mm -hmm. which has tons of equipment-free activities on there. Selfishly, the new Tabata module. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've oh. used that already this year. Pam touched on something uh, at the beginning of, of her explanation there that, and as I've mentioned before in previous episodes, I'm a very, very selfish individual. <laughs> and my thought was of the teachers in right here in New York City who I, you know, meet with at New York City Aford, who always complain. I have sixty kids in my class. I'm in a cafeteria. My my budget yeah. is three hundred dollars a year. This is something that even though they might not be getting the equipment packs, they now have modules that are dedicated specifically to their area of concern. So it's something that even though we weren't affected by, by the weather, that teachers can now use as another avenue to help grow their arsenal. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and when you talk about that, even though they won't get those essential equipment packs, I could see educators being interested in purchasing these. Uh, oh, sure. But, you know, the other side of it, they're going to be made up of equipment that any teacher should have. If if you have just $50 to spend, here is the type of equipment you should purchase. Or, you know, and going up in price, right? If you have just 100 here's, and that sort of thinking, you know, really thinking outside the box of how you can, can do this. And, you, you know, Mike, you're absolutely right. It's like, there are so many teachers out there who, uh, you know, I've heard them say exactly what you said. You hear from educators in New York, you know, you could change that to educators in XYZ because Absolutely. they all, yeah, they all say that same sort of thing. And most of those packs are something like 35% off. They're like super yeah. discounted too. So. Absolutely. And as you mentioned, well, if, Pam, they're, you if they're not, if they're not 35% off, they are now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Pam, you hit the nail right on the head. These are all pieces of equipment that I feel like is in PE Teacher 101. You know, your 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 bean oh, yeah. bags, your hula hoops, your poly spots oh. that you can oh. use for a myriad of different activities mm -hmm. to help really get the most bang for your buck. If I'm a teacher and I'm in one of these areas who's who's been affected and I'm looking to get back on my feet, Pam, how can I 
get my information to U.S. games are open to be considered for one of these one of these packs? Well, the first step would be to go through um, either your state organization and also through your district coordinator, uh, because part of it will be that Open is going to be reaching out to affected areas and then saying, can you give us an idea of who in your area really needs the help? So also, if you if you contact at Open Phys Ed on Twitter or at US Games on Twitter, if you follow Open on Facebook, they're actually sending out a, a Google Forms type survey where you can list your name, your school, your district, what it is that you need, and they can try to match what they can offer with those needs to help get teachers back on their feet, back to, again, quote unquote normal, but at least get up and running to start develop, you know, delivering high quality education again. Yeah, when the first storm had came through, I had received a private message on Twitter. I forget whether it was through US Games or my own handle that they were asking, you know, um, what's what's the story, uh, you know, or, or is US Games doing anything for, you know, helping people get back from the storm? And I said, I, I'm not sure yet. I mean, it was literally like three days after the storm. Mm-hmm. You know, I will definitely get this to the right people. I sent it off to to Aaron and this this whole thing kind of blossomed, which is which is really cool about how 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 quick it uh, it all came about. Absolutely. So please, folks, if you are listening to this, if you're in one of these affected areas or if you know someone who teaches in one of these areas, please encourage them to visit Open, visit U.S. Games, either on Twitter, Facebook, or their direct websites. Fill out that form. Uh, The quicker you can get your name out there and express your level of need, the quicker, hopefully, uh, Open and U.S. Games can turn around and, and get that information and those materials to you. You know, if you are a teacher in one of the affected areas, please reach out to, if you have one, a district coordinator. If not, reach out to your state department of ed contact person. If you're not sure who those people are, you can find who that is in the Shape Advocacy section on Mm -hmm. Shape America's website. So reach out to those people and let them know what you need. And then let them know about what Open and US Games is doing for educators in these affected areas that will send a really strong message that needs to be heard. Absolutely. As we kind of start wrapping this conversation up a little bit, Pam, I'm wondering, building off of your years of experience and your and your Texas-sized heart, if you were going to share some advice, some tips, some tricks, some tools for a teacher who has been displaced, who's lost equipment, but still want to keep their program at a high level, what are some words of wisdom you would share with them or some advice to help keep their spirits up and keep them driving forward? Yeah, it's a great question. Number one, I'd say think outside the box. Think outside your space that you teach in and let the world become your facility. So, for example, the playground may become a fitness area for you. Any sort of equipment, whether your students used it or not, the climbing equipment, the hanging equipment, all of those items that are on a playground Um, Think about other nearby parks that possibly are adjacent to the school that you do or could maybe possibly talk about accessing with the right protocol and so forth. Think about keeping in the forefront what's happening with your students as they leave each day. So this is a great chance to start using cooperatives with your students if you don't. Talk about social equity. It's huge, right? 
this is a chance for students to have compassion, understanding for one another, and also how they can help their community. Um, I've seen a number of athletic teams who were displaced, right, because their facilities are ruined, but that didn't get them down. They went out as a team and we're helping the community. So, you know, here are different ways to think about with your students or whatever capacity you work with them in as a way to really help support their community um, to come back even stronger. That's an, that's an awesome way to kind of put a bow on this conversation. Uh, again, to be selfish, Stephen over here, I, I get the pleasure of seeing Pam face to face in just a couple months when she comes up to New York State Aford. <laughs> Uh, in Turningstone. I can't wait for that. Pam, you have a couple other conferences that you're presenting at soon? I sure am. I will be at um, Shape Washington uh, coming up next month in October, uh, followed by Wyoming. I'll be at the Wyoming State Conference. And I will be, uh, as Mike just mentioned, I'll be at uh, New York State Aford. I'm excited to present there again. And also at uh, my own state conference at Texas Aford will be my next place that I will be. And I, I do want to mention one other thing to everybody that if you're not a teacher that's affected or been in this area where um, something has happened and you're wondering how you can help, you know, reach out to districts that are close by. Um, there's a number of them that look for volunteers in different ways. So there's, there's so many ways. Um, I think one of the biggest questions I've been asked is how can I help or how can I, and I, I, you know, from people who aren't in the state itself, you know, look for a credible way to give if it is monetary that you want to. J.J. Watt, uh, uh, I'm sure you two know who that is, right? He plays for the Houston Texans. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, no, but he, he started out with a mission to raise 500,000. I think he's up to 31 million. So, and he has committed, committed to give those monies in meaningful ways back. Um, and he is very much about people being active. So, you know, there's different ways to really help out. Absolutely. That, that campaign has been incredible to follow yeah. on social media. Yep. What started off as so yeah. small has become literally a life-changing yes, experience. Absolutely. Uh, also, a, a great starting point would be just to get on Twitter and search hashtag OpenPEHearts. Uh, there are plenty of links that have been going around the Twitterverse, if I were to use that term, the Twitterverse, uh, about the OpenPEHearts campaign and everything that is going on to to help the affected areas from the storms. Yeah, definitely get on Twitter, hashtag OpenPEHearts, at PhysEd. Or at Open Phys Ed, at US Games, get on those those avenues and start seeing how either you can help or how you can be helped, depending on what side of the coin you're on. If you're at any of these upcoming pre, uh, conferences where Pam's going to be, please seek her out. She is absolutely as as amazing. amazing as she is on a podcast. She's ten times more incredible in person. <laughs> seek her out, introduce yourself, give her a hug, thank her for on, on behalf of Mike and I for everything she's doing on on the ground level in Houston. And obviously around the country with her with her spare time. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Pam, for everything that you do, everything you continue to do, and for popping on on a Sunday hey, morning. Thanks with for us having today. me. Follow me, P squared P E. <laughs> Absolutely. Did we just break the fourth wall? I think we did. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> it is a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, thanks, ladies guys. and gentlemen. Take care, Pam. Thank okay, you so much for your bye. time. 
folks, if you have any any questions, any topics, anything you want to share, uh, any further information you want about hashtag OpenPEHearts or anything in general, you can always reach us by email at openforumpod at gmail.com. Or you can tweet directly at the show, as I mentioned before, at OpenPhysEd. If you have any comments or concerns for Mike and I directly, you can reach me on Twitter at PhysEdFreak. And I am at CoachMillerPE. We hope to hear from you soon, folks. We've been getting lots of, of tweets and emails from people who want to be on the show to talk with us, people who want to hear about certain topics. So please, please keep those coming. We're trying to get back to them as quickly as we can. We truly want to make this show an open forum. Thanks so much for tuning in this week. And until next time, stay active, everyone. This podcast and all of the great services provided by Open are made possible through the support of U.S. Games and BSN Sports. Every time you purchase physical education and athletic equipment through U.S. Games and BSN Sports, you are supporting a network of teachers helping teachers. Open is a public service organization. Learn more at openphyzed.org.